Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderbogsports.com. Greg, the prophet, Piatelli, and I recap MLB Week 13. The hot and cold teams, the top players of the week, some stadium snacks, bleacher creatures, Phillies talk, Red Sox talk, my trip down to the Red Sox Nationals game, all of our usual business, but... As always, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes. Leave us a nice five-star review. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. Enjoy this week's episode. Let us know what you think in the comments. It was a lot of fun to record. And have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks again. (laughs) We are live welcome to this week's episode of the bullpen cart mlb week 13 special fourth of july edition as always i am jordy cannell the g-man and with me as he was last year at the fourth of july only be appropriate to bring him back my man greg the prophet piatelli how are you my friend living the dream jordy uh boston is Way too hot, uh, not having, not enjoyable for most. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, Philly's not too much different. It's pretty hot, pretty humid. You gotta escape, gotta escape to the the beaches. I hear you. I hear you. wherever you are, get there. Get get there asap. Uh, the heat's no. coming, and there's no end in sight. I mean, I think we talked about this. I'm much more of a cold type person. Uh, I'd rather put layers on. You know, there's only so many layers you can take off, right? True. I like the heat. I just the humidity is what kills me. I like that dry heat. Yeah, I mean, you should head out to Arizona. Then I heard they have a lot of dry heat and stuff. That's a weird. That's a weird environment. But we're not here to talk about Arizona <laughs> weather and all that. We're here to talk baseball. Uh, we are through the halfway point of the season, and I know it's been a couple weeks since I had you on, Greg. Uh, obviously, your Red Sox are on a bit of a heater. What have you been your thoughts as we head into the the halfway mark and where we're going and and all that good stuff? If you don't mind, just you know, a couple sentences on what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, every team has played eighty one games, eighty one games, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, through definitely through the Fourth of July. Usually, they try to make it July one. Everybody's played eighty one yeah. games, but I think so, even the Yankees, with all their rainouts, have finally gotten over that hump. Yeah, I mean, the Red Sox having the most wins in baseball. Um, Had to mention it. I mean, not for nothing, but the the top three teams in the American League, I think, are far and away better than the top teams in the National League. Um, I would agree with that. Now, you could very easily say that the reason why these teams are doing so well is because the rest of the American League is so terrible, um, which is... <laughs> Probably very true as well. Um, you know, beating up, yeah, beating up on team, beating up on teams that are not great, um, and that that case very easily could be made. So, but at the same time, you have to, you know, you you still got to be good to win the games, right? Exactly. Um, the exciting thing I think is the National League. The fact that we have the Braves ahead of the East, who haven't been there in a while. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers, you know, they were there, but it's always been the Cubs, Cardinals. Um, and then the Diamondbacks, you know, they're, they're strong, finished strong last year, but coming into the year, everyone had them behind the Dodgers and the Giants. And yeah, it's close and we'll get into it. But um, I, the division leaders in the National League are definitely uh, the most surprising and, and fun part about the year. And I think the fact that most of these teams that are in 
the top positions within their divisions, um, virtually across the board, all of them have young superstars that are stud players that could be superstars um, that will be around for a while, hopefully. So across the board, I think the talent in the future is bright here uh, with baseball. If, if, if uh, we don't have super teams like the NBA. No, I totally agree with you. And the fact that a, they're young B that half of the divisions in baseball, regardless of the fact that it's AL and NL, how they split out, it could be two and one and one and the other. But uh, the fact that, that half of the divisions are still fairly wide open. There's three team races in two of them. Uh, we'll get into one of them, but the other the other division right now looks like a two team, but you can't discount the third. The fact that that's still hanging around is incredible to me that we're you know the halfway part mark and with how the American League shaking out and there's a good article on ESPN about how the trade deadline is going to develop basically down to the wire, but there's going to be a lot of salary dumping. Uh, the fact that it's not just widespread across the league and that we can have some competition going through there. I mean, frankly, it's it's July 5th, so we still have, what, 26 days until uh, the regular trade deadline comes and goes to you know have this narrative change. There could be somebody that pops up, somebody that falls apart. But it's exciting to see. And, you know, as a, as a baseball fan, there's definitely a lot of good storylines. We're probably going to jump into a lot of them tonight. Um, Definitely a few that I'm sure you as a Red Sox fan, me as a Phillies fan, want to hop into. But let's go right into hot teams. You want to start NL or AL, Greg? Um, Let's start in the American League, and I'm not going to pick the Red Sox. I'll let you talk about them. Well, I was going to pick the Seattle Mariners. All right, fine. Pick the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, so the Mariners are a game and a half behind the the Houston Astros, the one of the aforementioned best three teams in the American League. And... We've talked about them a number of times. The Mariners have been doing everything that they absolutely need to do up until yesterday's loss. They had been riding an eight game winning streak. Uh, and before that, they had played the Yankees and the Red Sox uh, in nine games, twice against the Red Sox and once against the Yanks. And it looked like that, that heater that they'd been going on was starting to, to fall apart. But guys like Mitch Hanniger, uh, their pitching staff, have been picking it up and you know, they're, they're really going off on a heater. They're, you know, now a game and a half behind the Astros within the division and they're playing the angels again tonight in a rubber match. So we'll see how that goes. Um, the angels, by the way, we may or may not talk about, but Shohei Otani, we thought was going to be out and he's hanging around. He played yesterday, but the Mariners though, granted part of their eight game winning streak was against the Orioles and the Royals, two of the worst teams in baseball. But still, you got to beat who you have on the schedule. And in a number of times, it was either pitching that dominated to hold off for a win or the offense was able to put up a number of runs. So no matter which way they have to they have to pull it out, they're doing it. And I think that's a really good sign for them. And where we've thought they could be over the last couple of years is finally starting to be realized. Yeah, I mean, those are all great points. Uh, I think the biggest one to harp on there is the Royals and the Orioles, both teams uh, literally have the most amount of losses in the major leagues. And oh, it's, yeah. not even, it's not even close to anyone else. And the issue I think with the Mariners is when they played the top teams like the Red Sox and the Yankees, um, they lost, right? So they yeah. swept a four game series or they, sorry, they went two for four in a four game series of Red Sox. They got swept by the Yankees and then they lost two out of three to the Red Sox uh, in, in 10 game span. And granted, 
it was on the road for two out of the three series, but still, you know, you want to play the top teams. You, you gotta, you gotta beat the top teams. So, uh, or sorry, you want to, sorry, you want to prove to me you're a good team. You got to beat the top teams. Um, sure. So that's my biggest thing. And yes, they're the hot team of the week, a hundred percent deservingly. So, um, you have to beat the teams. You have to they say it all the time. The cl- most cliche thing in sports, right? You have to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. Uh, yeah. if, if you want to make it anywhere in terms of playoff run or anything like that. And they've certainly done that. Uh, and they continue to do that. And if they continue to be up in the angels, you know, they're, they've worked themselves now into a game and a half back of the Houston Astros who, you know, I think two weeks ago, Jordy, you and I are ready to proclaim them the outright winner of the West without, exactly. even, without even blinking for the rest of the season. So uh, the fact that Mariners are able, have been able to climb back into the standings just as a proof of, of the uh, fluidity or the, the ebb and flow of a baseball season. For sure. And I just think, granted, it's like the middle of the pack in the American League in terms of runs allowed, but... The fact that we we always talk about how great the Cleveland Indians have it with their pitching staff, and they've only let up seven more runs. Again, the Red Sox, the Yankees, obviously the Astros, and then you even dive a little deeper, and Tampa Bay's there as well. They're sixth in the league with this in their or in the American League, I should say. So six of of fifteen, you know, middle, you know, the top. You know how to do the math, but they're they're hanging around there, and they're still eighty or sixty runs behind the Astros and runs scored, and you're in a, you're a game and a half behind them. Ooh. I think there's a lot to commend there, and the fact that they're doing well at home, something that we've harped on the Angels, who are starting to unfortunately fall, really fall in the standings. There, part of that's due to the, the absolute heat of the Oakland Athletics, who aren't going away right now, but. They're winning their games at home. They're nine games above 500 on the road. I just think there's a lot to to really you know, cheer on there for them. And I think if their schedule is going to keep cranking up, obviously you got to play the you you have to play. I think the Yankees one more time. You're done with the Red Sox. You're going to have to play the the Athletics who could hang around, maybe fall apart. Got to play the Angels more. Got to play the Astros more. So we'll see. And that's really their their show me games if we're going to use you know, college football type of terms, but those are going to be what we see there. You know, unfortunately you go, you go and play the Red Sox and not win. What do you, what do you win three of seven? So you go slightly under 500. So there's that you get swept in New York. So I get what you're saying there, but I think when you're 23 games above 500, there's definitely a lot to be positive on. Yeah. Especially with their their run differential. Yeah. And I mean, here's the problem, right? The season ends today. They're technically the second wild card team. They're playing the Yankees in that playing game. Right. So in New York where they, where the Yankees are nearly unstoppable. Yeah. When you play in a little league field. Yeah. Understandable. So, you know, that's just one of those, (laughs) that's just one of those things where um, they've let up less runs than the Red Sox. Yeah, again, when you play in the Little League Park and you get two guys who are 6'5", and Didi I'm Gregorius... Saying let, I'm saying let up less runs. I know, I'm, I'm just saying it, it's easy to pitch when you have a lead, if you will. All right, all right. Um, I mean, you're batting second at home, so... <laughs> you know, I mean... Listen, this is an anti-Yankee podcast, Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> at least from this side of the country. Yeah, all right. Um, no, but honestly... 
I think I think the Mariners, you know, as you mentioned, the Athletics, the Angels. I mean, the Angels, I, I would say, are virtually out of it at this point. But the Rays um, and the Athletics, certainly on the heels of the Mariners, in order for them to do well, they need to make sure that they, you know, continue the success and continue to be the teams they're supposed to beat. Um, and hopefully they can sneak into the playoffs and knock out uh, the Yankees, obviously. Um, you know, and there's no guarantee. It could be the Red Sox, you know, which they've proven they can beat the Red Sox. Either way, so uh, you never know who's going to be there. It's going to be either the Yankees or the Red Sox in the first wild card, obviously. So um, they're not they're, the Marin, Mariners are not that far behind um, the Yankees. No, they're not at all. I mean, kind of doing the math because of how fewer games the Yankees have played. I think the Yanks are three and a half, two and a half, two point five, two and a half. Yeah, okay, on the on the Mariners in the division. In the uh, the wild card round, thank you for confirming it for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's exciting to see there. But we've been talking about them too much, Greg. Who do you have as your hot team of the week? Well, I was trying not to pick the Red Sox. Um, I mean, there's another team you could pick. Well, I thought you were going to pick the Red Sox, so I decided to you know. Well, who are you going to Were you going to pick the the Mariners if I didn't pick the Red Sox? Yeah, but um, we can start talking about reserving Reds. it for Red Sox talk later. Yeah, I mean, we haven't done, we haven't gotten to that. Uh, we haven't been able to get to that because we spent so much time on the Phillies, which you know, I love Philly stock. Um, so you know, I'll do a Red Sox talk now. I mean, all right. Obviously, they they sweep the Nationals in DC, but lose two out of three. Yeah, to thank the you, game. thank you for the help. <laughs> You're welcome. They lose two out get of three. Those, the, get them out of here. They lose. Yeah. <laughs> Again preview of things to come for the pod later, but um, lose two out of three in Yankee stadium coming off. And then they swept the angels and uh, two out of three from the Mariners, things like that. So they, the Red Sox, that is being a team that's certainly on a heater right now and, and has three more wins than the Yankees um, and only one more loss has a better win percentage, uh, better percentage of, of record and everything. Um, The thing that's concerning a little bit is, is their bullpen, but, Quite frankly, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and quite frankly, they'll figure that out. And and Dombrowski, you can make the trades for it, right? Yeah. So that's the thing that everyone, the big thing that people are talking about around here in Boston is that Dombrowski, even with when he was with Detroit, and think about the super teams and the pitching that he had there, um, you know, he was never able to go out and get a bullpen arm at the deadline to help them help the team win that season. So. The Red Sox have Kimbrell, which is the best closer in, in the league right now based on uh, the amount of saves he has but um, and his percentages. But, you know, they really struggled to get to him. Um, like, we, you know, you and I talked about Joe Kelly a couple couple uh, pods ago. But, um, you know, he even he sometimes, especially versus Yankees, struggles. So it, it's something where I want to give them the hot team of the week. But when you lose two out of three to the rivals, um, it's hard for me to do that just because I'm – a classic Red Sox fan. You you, don't, you only talk about them when they lose. Uh, never talk about them when they win. That's understandable. <laughs> um, no, Jordy, and that's two scumbag fan bases, the Philly and Boston, disagreeing there. But agreeing yeah, I mean, there. I, not to not to jump right on you, but I, I went down to DC for the first game of that series where it looked like the Red Sox were pouncing all over them, and Kimbrel had to come in for a four out save. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. It might have even been more than that, but it was. He was. I think it was four outs. But Joe was, Kelly. Uh, yeah, Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly was struggling a little bit there, and it was yep. a little worrisome. I mean, you had basically a home field advantage because a Washington always 
never really has a ton of their own fans there. That's sort of the running joke of joke isn't the right word, but the running theme of their stadium is because there's so many different people from so many different States, they take their you know confidants and whatnot. If their team's in town and B the Red Sox travel well, which the fact that I was only able to pay 14 bucks for a ticket was astounding to me. Yeah, no, for it, a Red Sox away game, regardless <laughs> of who they're playing. Well, it's crazy because uh, whenever the Red Sox go to Baltimore, it's always normally Red Sox fans as well. So, oh, the Yankees are the same way. My yeah. dad, my dad's able to go to like three Yankee Red or Yankee Baltimore games for less money than he is one Yankee home game, regardless of who they play at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I mean that's because you're you're paying fifty dollars or you're paying a hundred dollars for an obstructed view in Yankee Stadium. But yeah, I mean that's that's the beauty of of that's what I thought that's why they built a new one. <laughs> it's the same thing, <laughs> worse now. So honestly, Jordy, it goes back to what we talked about last year and coming into the oh. year. You think about how much buzz is around Major League Baseball. It's simply because the Yankees and Red Sox are in this, this because they're good. Exactly, they're in this rivalry. They're in this battle. You know, the Red Sox have been carrying the the Yankees for a bunch of years straight now. And, and you know, it's, it's when the rivalry, when the rivalry is good, you know, people pay attention. And, and quite frankly, that's really what's going on right now. Um, and the Yankees finally pulling their own weight. You know, it's been a couple of years, but they're finally pulling their own weight. So all they had to do is send Jeter to Miami, I guess. I mean, yeah. Or, or, you know, give a little, uh, give a little TB 12 method to their, to their guys. And, and, Playing a little league park, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Jordy, let's go to the National League. <laughs> give me that's your, fine. give me your idea of the week, um, because there's a lot to choose from here, and uh, I hope you pick wisely. I think there's one clear one, Greg, and that is the Cubbies of the Chicago winners of six straight. They are starting to become the Cubs that we saw in 2016, where they are, and they're final. They finally eclipsed. And completely surpassed Atlanta in run differential and in runs scored. 430 runs scored, 326 runs against his run differential of 104. Winners of six straight games. Javi Baez is stealing home plate left and right. These guys cannot be stopped. They're playing American League teams, just shit pumping them, putting up runs left and right. We thought about a week ago that there was something to be worried about. They lost, they got four games swept by the Cincinnati Reds. What do they do, Greg? They come out, split a se- uh, series with the Dodgers in L.A., sweep the Minnesota Twins, a team that is pretty good offensively, but the Cubs just matched them more. And then they beat the Tigers, and we don't need to poo-poo the Tigers any more than we normally do. But it's fun to see that they are starting to get kind of back to that loose baseball we saw two years ago before they started winning, even three years ago when they were the upstart team that we were all hoping they could be, and they come out and they win the wild card game and they win in the first round. We're starting to see a little bit of that, and I think it's really exciting to see if you are a Cubs fan. A lot of my family are, so obviously I have a little bit of a pull there, but you're seeing guys with big bounce back years like Baez is one. He's 86 hits. They have Kyle Schwarber with 17 homers, Javi, Javi Baez with 61 RBI. I mean, Ben Zobras is a great on-base percentage, and he'd kind of struggled uh, last year as well, and here's nearly batting 300 now. And probably one of the more encouraging things is that they're not striking out a ton, and this is some something that, as a Phillies fan, and we've talked about this a million times, that they strike out an ass ton, and we're hearing about how this might be the first year that there's more strikeouts than there are home runs. And the fact that the Cubs 
only have a couple guys above 50 strikeouts. Not really the worst thing in the world at this point. And they're getting on base. They're scoring a ton of runs. And I think it's exciting if you uh, if you're a fan of still seeing the Cubs perform well. Yeah, and and uh, and not to pull a Jordy here, but you know their run differential is plus one hundred four runs more more runs scored than let up. And um, you know you're talking about a team that that's the fourth best differential in all of baseball, and yet they're still a game back of the Brewers for first place in the Central, which tells me one thing that. You know, when they win, they win big, and when they lose, they lose like one nothing. So, <laughs> I think we need to teach the Cubs how to how to win the close games and and uh, squeak out a three to one win or a two to one win or something simple uh, yeah, like that. To kind of expand on that point, Greg, they're eight and thirteen in one run games. Yikes! Which the Brewers are twenty and eleven, the Cardinals are twelve and twelve, and the Pirates are fourteen and eleven. I'm only looking at the division right now. Yeah. Which tells you one thing. It's exactly what you pointed out. That when they win, they win big. And when they lose, grand 13 of them by one run. But there aren't a lot of close games here. We've talked a lot about the pitching that they've had and the struggles they had early on in the year. But it's the same stuff we saw last year. The first half of the season, either it's a little bit of rust because their pitching, their starting staff specifically is getting up there in age. You uh, Darvish has had all of his shit that's going on. Uh, but... They're starting to shake the rust off. They're starting to get it loose. So I think riding this winning streak and seeing it go forward and the fact that your win differential, they're four games under what their win differential says they should be in terms of their luckiness. So they're four games unlucky. Uh, they sh- In other words, they should have won 53 games instead of 49. I just yeah. think, especially we- coming back to play the Reds in a weekend series, I think you got a lot to be excited about if you're a Cubs fan. And going forward, there's a lot to be excited about, even yeah. more so. No, and and you know I think it's just it's one of those things where it's it's they're kind of like the Dodgers right now. It's one week they're up, one week they're down, and and you know, you gotta certainly take advantage and ride the hot spells and hopefully it continues and I mean, notwithstanding your family liking every and all uh, major popular teams across the country, um, you know, I think it was. I a- can't control where my parents were born. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not something that of things that I'd like to try to control. That's not one of them, unfortunately. <laughs> Thirty years before I was born. So no, so it's just let's, one of those let's things- hop in the DeLorean and and fix it. Yeah, I mean, you just said your parents were born thirty years before you, which. It's about average. <laughs> Quick math. Um, no, so I, I think that um, you know it, it it is a point to, to certainly think about, and it's something that yeah, I think the Cubs and Joe Madden need to need to figure out here coming down the stretch and, and get that consistency and, and be able because they had times where you know Rizzo in the beginning of the year was batting like a hundred, you know. So um, and Chris Bryant, you know, hasn't been the MVP Chris Bryant that we we we've come to know certainly. So. They've been doing it in different ways, and if they get if they get rolling again, like you said, just like with the Dodgers, it can be it can be uh, unbelievable sight or group to stop. Which brings me to my hot team of the week, Jordy, which yeah, yeah. Los Angeles Dodgers of of, uh, of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they don't need to have the qualifiers of where they are. So, yeah, yeah, so so the winners Dodger are, Town. Yeah, Dodger Town. So winners are four straight. Um, and, and for me, it's more of, of the last 
two weeks or so. Um, just because the Dodgers have been struggling so much, and we thought that they had played themselves out of out of the race a little bit, but now they stood a half a game back, one one win behind the Diamondbacks, uh, tied for lo- tied in losses, and and a team that plus seventy four run differential, um, doing it the right way, hitting. Scoring a lot of runs, um, winning a lot of games on the road more so than than they are at home, and a team that lost two out of three to the Cubs, swept the Mets, uh, split with the Cubs, lost two out of three to the Rockies, and then swept the Pirates. So they just a little more consistency for me. But the fact that they're winning more series than they're losing right now uh, is only going to add them to to make the playoffs and and fill in and find that, that extra, that wild card spot. If you, you know, if they need be, or even catch up in the West and, and overcome uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. And right now, Jordy, they sit one game back of, of your Philadelphia Phillies for the wild card, second wild card spot uh, and three games back of the Cubs. So, <laughs> if I were you, Jordy, not that the season would end today, and not that this is this is obviously going to change, but um, I think the Dodgers are priming themselves and putting themselves in, in perfect position to to catch up, if you will. No, I agree, and to kind of build off of that, I mean, the Dodgers for everything that's been going on with them, all the different injuries and and everything, it's what we thought at the beginning of the year: the plug and play. They can put guys in wherever they see fit, and it works out so goddamn well. But think about this as well. Matt Kemp having a resurgent year, 15 homers, batting 318, and he already has 55 ribbies. You got a guy like Mac, Max Muncy, who doesn't even technically qualify for the batting title right now, batting <laughs> 280, but he has 20 homers. And 38 ribbies. You got Chris Taylor, my boy, who's finally starting at his uh, average up. He's at 264, but he's at 10 homers. Yasiel Puig, who we know he can explode at any moment, and he's only at nine homers right now. Jock Peterson's at, at 13. I mean, these guys, Greg, they, like I said, the plug-and-play method that they use, they can put it, put it in how they want to. And really, they only have five guys that technically qualify for the batting title in terms of that of at bats and no matter who's in the lineup, they manufacture the runs that way. And yeah. Think about this. That, I feel like part of that has been due to injury now. Oh no, it absolutely part of it's due to injury. And that, that's what I was getting at is kind of the ironic thing about Justin Turner getting hurt. Greg is that with all the different resources that the LA Dodgers have they're they are 1 million percent in the running for Manny Machado and Matt and I talked about it a little bit last week, but now that Machado is even talking about re-signing with a team that trades for him, that's scary. If you're, if you're anti Dodger, because they have, obviously they're a big market team, so they can sign him for a lot of money. They have the resources to do it. If they actually do that, their plug and play method becomes so much bigger of a deal. Cause Machado's a guy that they basically, if you hand him enough money, you could tell him he says he wants to play shortstop, but you could tell him go play third. Justin Turner is going to get a night off. We're going to put Justin Turner at first, or do this, that, and the other thing, or maybe make Machado play first. Or if the or if you know the people that want the universal DH to happen, that's even better if you're not if you're the LA Dodgers and you get Machado for a seven year deal. I you know if they get him, that's 
super team-esque, as hard as it is to do in baseball, that's just scary. <laughs> no, you're right. And and I, I the Machado sweepstakes um, is something that is 100% going to shape the playoff picture moving forward, obviously. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that was just a stupid comment, stupid take by me, but – uh, or it's not stupid, but obvious, I should say. Uh, choose my words more correctly. Next no one time. thinks you're dumb. We all love Greg. <laughs> Thank you, Jordy. Um, you know, Give him a five-star review on iTunes. Obviously. Um, no, so it, it's really, it really comes down to this. It, it, it comes down to the Dodgers going with the – being managed the right way, you know, the plug-and-play, like making sure that – the guy who's going to be hot on that particular night is in the lineup. And that's a hard thing to manage and a hard thing to know uh, how to do and what to do. Um, so for me, you know, it really comes down to how, how much you trust your players, you know, in a playoff, in a playoff uh, series. Well, they clearly right? do, right? No. They did it last year. Yeah, 100%. But in a playoff series, right, you want to be able to ride a guy like, you know, David Ortiz or Manny Ramirez, like, you know, or even last year, Jose Altuve or Carlos Correa, like, you want to be able to ride one or two guys, your hot bats, right? And you want those other guys to come up big in a one pinch hit scenario, uh, you know, especially if they're at home or pitching and double switch and all that stuff. But the Dodgers, it's almost like you have too many guys who, who are doing the thing, right? You have too many guys who are, who are performing to a point where you almost lose a couple guys in a playoff if, let's say, he doesn't play for the first two games. No, for sure. But at the same time, you know, if you lose, if you lose first two times, then uh, your first two games, you put in a whole new lineup for game three, and you know, you win. You never know. But I, I think it hurts them ultimately in the long run more than it helps. But it helps them winning games during the regular season, yes. But it hurts them uh, come playoff time, in my opinion. No, it's no, no, no. That's a that's a good thought, and it's definitely uh, sort of the buyer beware, the longer version of what buyer beware normally is. So it's <laughs> worth it's worth definitely worth bringing it up. Um, yeah. So Jordy, uh, real quick, okay. while we're while we're discussing uh, how awesome the Dodgers are not, uh, cold team of the week for you, uh, uh, National League. Yeah, so I want to pick the Nationals, but I feel like because we're going to we talked about them with the Red Sox and we're definitely going to talk about them with the Phillies. Uh, it's not appropriate for me to pick them. So I'm, I'm going to go with a different team. I'm going to pick the kind of a weird one, but I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Pirates. We kind of talked about it a little bit before and how the other divisions are all shaping up as three team races. I could have picked the the another team in a different division, but the pirates had been kind of hanging around for a while and it started to fade away. But for me, them losing three games in a row and, and just really starting to, especially in their pitching show off just how subpar it is and what we thought it was going to be. They looked like they were going to be this surprise feel good story, especially after trading Garrett Cole getting or losing, uh, McCutcheon and all this different stuff. It looked like we might still have a good feel good story for them. Uh, and they'd still been floating around the three and four spot in the central, but had been hanging around. You know what I mean? And I mean, they score a lot of runs. They're up there 
in the NL. They're higher than the Brewers. They're higher than the Cardinals. They're higher than the Phillies. They're higher than they're almost higher than the the Diamondbacks, a team that we are praising for how much they can score. They're run behind them, but their pitching is really bad. So it's just worth noting with them of how poor it is. They're six games under 500 on the road, just on 500 away as they hit their halfway mark of home games. So a little bit uh, sad to see there in terms of uh, how that's all been going. Yeah, no, and and I agree, and and I was even going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, yeah, that's another good one because obviously, I mean, Nationals is obvious. They're obvious closer, choice. yeah. But I was going to go with the Cardinals just because you know they're playing 500 ball um, and for the year, really, and in order to stay relevant in the Central as well as the National League, you need to do better than that. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, quite frankly, and you know they're they almost such a good. They have such a good lineup that they should have way more runs than they do. Their pitching's going so well, and they're not giving them the support. Right, exactly, and especially with the Cubs, as we mentioned, who are, you know, scoring runs left and right, like they, you know, like they dream about, and and the Brewers, who have a, a pr- prolific offense in their own right, um, you know, the Cardinals definitely need to, as you mentioned, you know, step their game up offensively and and be able to play above five hundred ball because they're not going to make the playoffs or or come or win the Central uh, with the baseball they're playing currently, so another team that very that has the young talent to move to to pick up a Machado if they wanted to um but is it worth it for this one year for them probably not but that would be my cold team of the week if not the Washington Nationals no I I totally agree with you and then yeah I'm sure we're going to talk about the Nats and what both of us have seen with our respective teams playing them but but let's move on to the top players the hot players of the week uh, Greg, you want to start in the NL or the AL for for uh, the Roy Hobbs MVP of the week? Um, yeah, I'm going to start with, you know, we did American League first. Let's go National League. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the guy you mentioned, Max Muncy of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, a, a, a kid guy player who in the last seven games, uh, four home runs, also shots, but uh, hitting 435, 10 runs individually scored himself. Um, he plays virtually every position for them except for pitcher and catcher and, and his on-brace percentage of, of, of 1.5. So this is a guy who, another plug-and-play, and you had mentioned, doesn't even qualify for, for a lot of the any batting thing, right? Yeah. What's funny uh, is that if, you, if you're a stat nerd like myself and you like looking at split stats his by position is pretty well spread across the infield he has 84 ab's at first base 73 at third and then he's played a little bit of second and left field but i think he's definitely a, a good like we talked about this with how the rays kept moving in their relievers to left field like he's definitely a guy that like there's two outs in the eighth inning and you're thinking like shit we need to we need to get Need to need to bring in somebody as a defensive replacement, but he only plays left field, so let's move Max to right field or vice versa. Uh, you can definitely do something like that, where you yeah, can, and and the red the Red Sox have a guy in Brock yeah, Holt beef it up. Yeah. yeah, the Red Sox have a guy in Brock Holt does the same thing where you can play infield, you can play outfield, you can play every position. So, and I feel like in order to be a team that's successful, you need a guy that can do that. You know, you remember the Rays with Ben Zobrist, and yep. you need a guy the Cubs with him now. Yeah, exactly. You need a, you need a guy who can do that. So. Um, I think, you know, 
1990 birth year, just like us, not a big deal. Like us, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing with your life? Um, you know, you uh, not not be Max Muncy, that's for sure. <laughs> definitely my hot player of the week, uh, National League, Jordy. Uh, who do you got? Yeah, so I I love that you went a little off, not even off script, but a good uh good guy that we we probably wouldn't mention because a lot of dudes that played really well this week, Greg, are a lot of the guys that we've you know we we expect to see. So I'm gonna just stay on that that trend within the National League. I'm gonna go with Paul Goldschmidt of mm. the Arizona Diamondbacks. Nice, yeah, you know he uh, had himself a nice little week, eleven for twenty six, four twenty three. We talked about the Diamondbacks a little bit. Uh, They could have been a sort of outside the box cold team of losing six of their last 10 and and letting the Dodgers hang around in the division. But Goldschmidt's doing exactly what we thought he should be doing. And especially, uh, you know, in the last couple weeks, or at least the last week, uh, five walks, those on-base percentages above 500. And Guy uh, still still drives him in. Seven, Seven RBI with two homers. So good for him. Got those power numbers up. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that pick. And and we talked about it. Goldschmidt is 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 and will be and continues to be and has been uh, the heart and soul of that of that Arizona team. And and million percent. Yeah, and you know, very easily could win the MVP. Uh, you know, deserves to be in the conversation. It's almost uh, you know, if 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 Mike Trout can win one on a shitty team, why can't we give uh, Paul Goldschmidt? Uh, who is probably equally as important to his team as Mike Trout that's, is. Not um, that you're bitter. Yeah, I mean, still the conversation. <laughs> they still talk. Oh, they still talk about this fucking guy. And don't worry. In 2020, he's going to come to the National League, come home to the Phillies, so you don't have to worry about him in the AL. It's just like even then, though, he'll, he'll win awards that, like, <laughs> yeah, he's good, but come on, like, you don't like. On that note, Greg, you need to educate your fans. There was a guy I heard in a bar right outside of Nationals Park on Monday night going, yeah, in 2012, Bryce Harper won the Rookie of the Year, but Trout definitely you know, proved himself to be the better fan. He's wearing decked in Red Sox gear. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's, it, he's, he's held. I had to hold back a lot of muscles to not turn around and be like, buddy, they're in different leagues. They both won Rookie of the Year in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb and, and say that's one of the pink hat fans uh, for the Red Sox, and one of those uh, they only like them because they when the, after they won, if you will, uh, a post '04 fan. Yeah, didn't suffer the the years of misery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's just one of those things. You, you get those, and it's almost like Palavon said how the Philly fans are more educated, which is complete BS. But um, he said he that's pr- definitely like early in his contract because he did not speak well after he choked up right Starper. <laughs> he said got Nick Pavetta, not a big deal for it. No, Pavon when he first went to the Phillies was saying that uh Philly fans are more smart or know the game better because the National League and, and the the pitcher and the double switch and all that stuff and they're more educated exact than, opposite than, of than what Red Sox fans. The cheesesteak fans versus the sushi fans. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, let's do AL hot players. I'll, I'll, you want me to start? Or you want to start? Jordy, you know what? I have so many guys that are hot in the American League because the American League is way better than the National League in, in terms of individual talent. I think my and guy is not one of your guys, though. The American League is going to sweep the shit out of the National League in the world in the All Star game. It's yeah, going so to be. That's one I want to get up. Get unreal. To. It's going to be, but I'm going to pick my guy first. I made the executive decision. I'm going with Nick Castellanos of the Detroit Tigers. Nice. 
Yeah, he had nine for 28, so 321. He'd been a little cold for a while. He's a PLE smasher. Yes, yeah, he fucked killed uh yeah in our in our league i actually traded him in one of my Ooh, other leagues oh, i got yikes. a nice return though greg i had a nice return we'll, we'll, cut, I made this, some good deals. we'll cut this cut this <laughs> no, no no the people need to know even though they don't fucking care about my fantasy teams <laughs> i mean you never know you never know but he was the re- big reason why i want to bring him up he went f- he had four homers and nine ribbies on the week but a quick web gem if you will he almost had a fifth homer greg Okay. In Toronto and Kyle Pillar. Oh, hate him. Did you see this, Rob? Yeah, I mean Highway robbery of Castellanos. Pillar is one of those guys, man. He's one of those he's one For of those, those like, didn't see this. Pillar like He's one of those red gardener. Like, Bo Jackson doing the fucking run, like Matrix run up the wall. He did this and was maybe like 5 feet above where the wall ends and Rob's Castellanos. And like normally, like that's some dude that's just having a shit week. He can't catch a break. This guy though has four fucking home runs on the week. Like, oh, I almost got five, but fucking Kyle Pilar. So I had to mention him. Yeah, his name's his name's Kevin Pilar, right? Kevin, yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah, a lot of K's, a lot of K's. Uh, you see a lot of strikeouts nowadays. So throws around. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, can't cut that because. <laughs> I'm a man of honor, Greg. Man of honor. <laughs> uh, let's let's get your hot player of the week. No, it's okay. Um, I'm gonna go with a guy who is there every week. Um, one of the better players in in, the, in if not the better shortstops in all of the all of baseball, Francisco Lindor. Yes, yes. Oh, you agree? I do agree. I love Lindor. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm glad that I'm glad we're on the same page here. Normally we are. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he four home runs, 11 RBIs, um, 10 runs scored himself, uh, hit an average of 417 for the week. Um, you know, obviously the Cleveland Indians, as we mentioned, a team that uh, playing well uh, when they need to and, and starting to distance themselves a little bit in the Central, um, being the Central so weak, but certainly a big reason as to why that is happening. Francisco Lindor. No, I like that pick a lot. And yeah, we, we mentioned the, the Indians a little bit, but they're definitely, uh, we mentioned it every week, but they're starting to distance themselves. Now they're winning four straight six of, of, uh, of four there. And their offense is starting to take off. I mean, obviously Lindor is doing well. He's your hot player of the week, but a lot of those other guys on that team are, taken off and i think it's definitely worth noting and i think obviously last year they had the, the winning streak that they did so we saw a lot of their offense really blossom as the the pennant race started to, to wind down but they still before that even had such better second halves than they did the first half i think we're going to see this again uh, i know that i'm going very history has a tendency to repeat itself and and I'm repeating that with the Cubs and now with the Indians as well. But I think we're going to see that. I think the Indians might be a couple pieces away to survive the, I saw this word to describe it, the cage match between the Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros. But I think if they get the right pieces, I think that that's going to be a fun, fun way, however the playoffs shake out. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I'm, Speaking of the Yankees, I'm pumped you didn't mention any of them as your hot player of the week. Yeah, I mean, well, 
statistically, none of them really popped up. I mean, Aaron Judge kind of did. He hit four home runs and went 333 on the week. But like your guy, Max Muncy, he had five RBIs. So, but he struck out nine times. He had more strikeouts than hits. So you can't really mention him. And then, yeah, I mean, the other ones pop up if you sort the top. What do I, what do I break it off at at 50? The top 50 players in hits. So, yeah, but I mean, that's, that's Aaron Judge's game, right? The guy slumps yeah, the guy, the guy swings out more than he every time. Yeah, he's the worst player. He's in the, the prototypical, I don't want to say millennial, but prototypical young home run hitter in baseball. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The worst player in baseball. You're hundred percent right there. Um, Your word's not mine. <laughs> Jordy. What's next? Let's hit him with the next segment. Yeah. Let's go over to the Billy chapel starting pitcher of the week. I have to designate it now, especially with you on the podcast, but <laughs> starting pitcher of the week, Greg, there's one that I would absolutely pick, but he's a Philly. So we're going to save him for Phillies talk. So I'm going to go in the national league. I'm going to start with Tyler Anderson of the Colorado Rockies two and zero on the week, six hits over 16 innings pitched 17 strikeouts, only three walks issued in zero runs. That is a 0.56 whip and a zero ERA guy is throwing gas, getting guys out, obviously getting into the eighth inning in both of his starts. And the best part is that one was at home, pitched eight straight, eight innings, had more strikeouts than he did on the road in LA, which fairly good hitters park there as well. Obviously, um, course field is, is what it is, but both times he had low, low run support. The first start was a three, one win. And the other one was a one, nothing win. So the guy, no matter what, doesn't just pitches. He goes out and throws, does, Tremendous things when people are up at the plate, uh, able to bring down his ERA in his last couple starts from 462. At one point, it was above five. Now it's under four to 390, especially for a guy that pitches for the Rockies. And we've talked about how their pitching staff has let up more runs like we thought it was going to last year. They're finally doing it this year. Yeah, no, Coors Field. So agreed. And, and that's a great good for him. No, agreed, and that's great because Tyler Anderson certainly is 100% the, the hot pitcher of the week you know, in the National League. No one else uh, even close. But uh, his teammate, uh, German Marquez, also uh, eight innings pitch in, in one start this week, also had a win, nine Ks, uh, only up one run in that one. So uh, both guys, and certainly, and I think uh, Marquez is pitching tonight, but both guys in that Colorado pitching staff, if they can pitch, if they if they can start to if shut teams, on, yeah, if they can start to shut teams down, um, you know, watch out. But my Jordy, my pitcher, hot starting pitcher of the of the week, hit me with it. Little, little drum roll. I don't think you're ready for this. He was. We declared him the coldest of cold for the rest of the year, and. uh, Frozen on ice, like Disney's head, as we said. But I'm, I think I have an idea of who it is. I think I think it would have melt his head a little bit. Hit me with it. Our guy, not our guy, but no one's guy, Matt Harvey. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he had one. He had one start this week. Let up zero runs. Uh, yep. Granted, in five and two thirds inning and six Ks. Is the Matt Harvey 
no hitter against the Nationals. Like, are those odds on the Vegas sports book? We need to look this up. Uh, like somebody, maybe not Vegas. Like maybe not you know the Westgate or anything. But somebody has it on there. New, it's gambling's legal in New Jersey now. Somebody in Atlantic City has this. I mean, not for nothing. But wh- wait, when is he playing the Nationals? You mean the Mets? Oh, you said the Nationals. Sorry, um, Matt Harvey, Cincinnati Reds. I mean. The team that needs wins, and he's certainly helping them. So uh, he would be my starting pitcher. Uh, obviously, Tyler Anderson is number one. No one, no one else is even close. No one, uh, you know, that other guy you mentioned let up a couple runs. So <laughs> yeah, zero win, zero on the week is great. But we'll we'll get to why uh, <laughs> the man whose last name is where he's from uh, is so so well. So and that's and that's what we like to call a tease, Jordy. Hey. Hey, a little inside baseball there. But let's go to the Ricky Vaughn. Give him the heater, Ricky. Bullpen guy of the week. This is just National League, right? Because my American League Oh, yeah, league that's right. We have American League guys. Craig, you, you're normally transitioned from league to league, so you're you're slipping a little bit. Slipping. So, well, you, you I need a sound about- clip of, of Clayton saying, yo, you slipping. <laughs> <laughs> Drop it. But like, Nobody knows that. It's a great reference by me. Um, I mean, Let's go, American League. Give me your guy. I mean, it has to be Chris Sale. And if you say anything else, you're wrong. Chris Sale, seven innings pitch, one win, 11 Ks, 4th of July, uh, 3rd of July? 3rd of July, beat up on the Nationals, wearing special jerseys, crazy. Crushed them. Uh, undressed the entire team, made them look like fools. Um, and also pitched well last week, too. So guys uh, guys on fire definitely should be the starter for the American League. But, uh, you know, I don't make those, those decisions. So, Jordy, tell me uh, – Tell me why he's not, or tell me who who deserves it over him. Yeah, because I can't pick him. I'm going to go with James Paxton. Mm. Also had one start, but 11 strikeouts. Uh, he had eight innings pitched, so one extra inning, but <laughs> a whip of uh, .5, so only .5. Uh, also zero earned runs. Both guys? Talked about a, both talked guys? About a, both guys what? Pilly smashers. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, again, <laughs> So many people care, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool to see that the kind of the rehash on the, on the Mariners, they have so many guys not named Felix Hernandez that are stepping up when they need to. And Paxton's one of them that that's doing that. And we can talk about Cologne. We might in a second, but uh, we can talk about the, the offense. And I just think they're doing it the exact moment they need to. Uh, it's one of those things where analytics be damned, but uh, you know, it's, it's exciting to see him do that. Uh, I mean, Paxton has been around for a while and, you know, I think there's uh, in terms of guys, you, you could have picked behind Chris sale, really anybody that started to twice this week, like a Trevor Bauer, they still let up a bunch of runs. So that's one thing when you're helping your team to a win, uh, especially, you know, like how Seattle's been doing it. Um, you know, it's nice there. He pitched, he struck out 11 guys, Greg, in a one nothing win against the Royals. So I think there's certainly a lot of merit to be said there. And I agree with you. I think Chris Sale should be the starter for the All-Star game. I mean, all you got to do, Greg, is just go win the American League and you can make the decision. So just, just do that. <laughs> just go do that. So. Yeah, I mean, that'll happen. No big deal. No, yeah, not, yeah, not a big deal. deal. Anyway, so that's deal. serious, Jordy. Um, I mean... Great pick. Is he the one that got? Uh, is he the? Is he the pitcher that got robbed by? 
by the the call for his perfect game slash no hitter. No, that's uh not even close. Indeed. No, no, no. That's but a- who who's the guy from Seattle that had something similar happened? Or maybe he got one. No. No. Yeah, yeah you're right. I you know. I know the Tigers. No, I know. Yeah, Armando Galarraga. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not even close to name. Way off. Couple um, letters off. Couple letters off. Yeah, but I thought I thought James Paxton is this guy a really tall guy with the goatee? Uh, is a beard. Mm, kind of. Okay. He's six four. So. All right. You know what? Canadian. Just, you know what? Just cut this part and transition to to bullpen guys. All right. <laughs> Let's go to the bullpen guy of the week, the Ricky Vaughn. I'm going to do it again. Give him the heater, Ricky. Bullpen guy of the week. And Greg, I'll let you start on who you got out of the bullpen. So I'm going to go National League um, to start. Okay. Okay. And then we'll switch over to American League, but National League okay. to start. Okay. And I'm going to go two guys. Oh. Okay, they're the eight yeah, nine commenter. They're the eight nine, the setup and the and the closer for the Milwaukee Brewers. Ooh, Jeremy Jeffrey Jeffer Jeffress yep. is eighth inning guy, and Corey Nebel, their closer. Uh, both guys made four appearances. Um, both guys had wins on the week. Nebel's had three saves. Uh, Nebel's had seven Ks and. Jeffress had six saves. Neither one let up a, or six strikeouts. Sorry, neither one let up a run. Uh, Nebel's, uh, sorry, I should correct that. Nebel's did let up a couple runs, but uh, Jeffress did not let up any runs. Um, four innings pitch, like I said, and a win. Um, two guys in that bullpen, Milwaukee, as we mentioned, they got the offense. If they can, if they can get the starting pitching, their bullpen's clearly there. Uh, I figured. You know, Jordy, you finally give the bullpen guys some love. I figured I'd go ahead out on a limb and, and give it to uh, little eight nine setup guys. No, I like that. I like that. And uh, I have no clue. There. Yeah, and disclaimer: I have no clue if there's actually if Jeffrey's Jeffrey's Jeffress Jeffress J E F F R E S S is that how you spell Jeffress? I think so. It almost sounded like you're doing J E T S Jets 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 Jeffries. I might have some fun in turning that around. Jeremy Jeffries, just to fuck with you, Jeremy Jeffries. Anyway, he. I'm not sure if he's actually disclaimer on the shirt exactly the Athenian guy, but the numbers certainly do say that because he had two holds on the week, so definitely makes sense. No, 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 for sure. And just to keep it moving, I'm gonna go with. Jorge De La Rosa of the Arizona Diamondbacks, a guy that, frankly, should have let up runs but didn't. He has a whip of two in four innings pitched and four appearances and didn't let up a run. So it's a guy that been a starter before and had some issues. That's why he's in the bullpen now, uh, but, but able to get himself out of it. So I think there's something to be said of that. Um, especially doing it time over time over time. So that's why I picked him. Um, just to keep it moving, I'm going to go over to the, to the American League, and I'm going to go with Oliver Perez of the Cleveland Indians. Not a lot of innings pitched, but the guy comes in and is completely clutch for them. Uh, four appearances and literally comes in for one out, but has two holds to uh, to boot for it. Uh, able to to really just get these guys out. I mean, no nothing really more of it. It sounds kind of stupid just saying he can get guys out, but he's able to you know, get guys to just kind of 
fuck up if that makes sense greg mm. he um you know gets a he gets them to fall into their own trap if that makes sense mm. he he gets them gets them yeah exactly um but the fact that you can come in and hold an era on the season of 0.82 a whip of 0.64 on a team that's really good, we talk a lot about the Indians and and how they pitch. Uh, and we because they lost the the back end guys that they did, we don't really talk a ton about their bullpen guys. So yeah, definitely one worth mentioning. Yeah, no, great uh, great pick. I'm going Edwin Diaz from my hot team of the week. Um, Edwin Diaz three appearances, three three saves, four strikeouts. Your hot Zero. team or my hot team? Sorry, your hot team. How yeah. could I be so wrong? Uh, th- three saves, four Ks, three innings pitch, zero runs, zero runs, zero whip. Uh, the only reason why Craig Kimball did not get it in my book is because uh, some of those innings were shaky. Uh, I would have gone with Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jordy, but uh, I say him every week because he's unreal. And, uh, you know, I definitely called that. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> That's a good transition, though. And I'm glad that we had it because I wanted to start. I wanted to have the National League last so I could give a shout-out to the Phillies' bullpen of having a, I think it's 17 innings without letting up a run um, thanks to their four-game winning streak. But it's a perfect transition to a little Phillies talk. Uh, they've had you're themselves. Welcome. Yeah, you know, you you always a friend of the podcast, Greg, even when you're not talking about the Red Sox and are how terrible the Yankees are. Is this... Is this- <laughs> Is this giving me another 15-minute diatribe about how Ajuba Herrera is not the best player in terms of offensively on this team? No, 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 no. no. I, give it, I've give conceded it. that. We apologize. We don't need to bring that back up. <laughs> All right. Give me, give, me, give me this last week. Give me a rundown. Give me Aaron Nola. Give, give me what you want to talk about. This guy, Aaron Nola, is he, lead, is he leading all of baseball in, in wins? Uh, he's not leading all of baseball in wins. He is 11. Uh, I think there's somebody with 12. I need to double check that. Uh, but he's eight no at Citizens Bank Park, Greg, a park that you always shit on for being a quote little league park. He's a left-handed, <laughs> hard-throwing pitcher. This is, this is my counterpoint, and my dad always says this about the park that the wind blows out to right field, aka where left-handed hitters can pull righty versus lefty. In the age of analytics, not good for a right-handed pitcher. And he's 8-0 and oh at home. I hope that me banging on my bed mattress pops up on the sound, it, the sound it, thing. It good. certainly did not translate to my headphones. Uh, Luis Severino has 13 wins. Cork Luber, yeah, Cork Luber 12. has 12. And there's um, a couple. Lester, your boy. Blake Snell, probable trade bait for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Um, also at 11, J.A. Happ, definitely on the trade market. So. In good company, Jay Hepburn. But yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Aaron Nola certainly, as you mentioned, two point four four one uh, ERA, hundred and sixteen strikeouts, pretty good, pretty good. Eight and zero, you're saying? Pretty good. You saying eight and zero at, at at Citizens Bank Park? Eight and zero. He's the first Philly to do it since nineteen ninety three. I won't say the name because you def you probably won't know it, and most people definitely won't. Um, Kurt Schilling? It's on my no, not Kurt Schilling. <laughs> oh, that's a good guess. It's on my Twitter. The Phillies liked it and replied to it. Not a big deal, but uh, go check Wait, that out. There. This, this is the bullpen card. How could you not say it? Why are you going to deprive the people? 
Uh, I don't have the tweet in front of me. That's half the reason why. But Ooh, uh, Mr. Phillies forgot his own guy. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. 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 The more compelling stat, though, Greg, is that <laughs> Nick Williams, <laughs> Nicky, the, the other big dick Nick in Philadelphia, hit his 10th home run on July 4th. The fifth Phillies player to do it. And you know the last time they had five guys with 10 home runs at the All-Star break? Do you know when that was? Uh, I'm going to say... Bet the farm on this. Let's see. Okay. Uh, Can I be within three years? Uh, Mathematically, yes, I'll say. Even though it would technically be a fourth season. Okay. I'm going to say 2000... Uh, Let's see. When was this Chase reason why I'm saying bet the when, farm. When was Chase Elliott on the team? Uh, a, a long time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna 05 say, to 2012 I'm or 2014. Say, I'm going to say 08, 09 when they went to the World Series. Which one do you want to pick? <laughs> Either way, I'm within three. I, that's the disclaimer. I want to see if you're right or not, though. Uh, 09. So give, oh, Greg, I was giving you the coin flip. It was 08. That's why I said bet the farm the year they won the World Series. Why the fuck else did I bring it up? Oh, the year they lost to the Yankees. They had a lot of power. Oh, great. Uh, hey, listen. No, <laughs> Bet the farm. <laughs> Bet the farm. They're going to win the World Series. Book it up now. The Fanatic wore his Betsy Ross jacket yesterday. Everything clicking in Philadelphia. But for real, though, the bullpen, for as much shit as I've given in all the blogs, the fact that Vince Velasquez who, by the way, might have made the web gem of the year going ambidextrous. You see this play? No. Saturday or Sunday afternoon. He gets, no, Saturday. He gets hit in the throwing shoulder on a comebacker, drops his glove with his left, it's on his left hand, and throws out the runner. I did see this. Yeah, Yeah, of course you saw it. What's the I ESPN just wanted loved, you, ESPN ate this shit up. I just wanted you to retell the story because yeah. you, I don't know if you know this, Jordy, but you are a fantastic storyteller. Thank you. That means a lot to me because you used to shit on me about being terrible at telling stories in high school. Again, real relatable, but the Phillies won that out. game. No, no, no. They need to know that. They need to know that I'm human. I'm only human. <laughs> Jesus. But the uh. Phillies had some some real big dick energy wins against the Washington Nationals over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a Nationals team to jump all over here. Yeah, that, we have to jump that, all over them. We promised that, we were going to. That got a, you know, granted they did they did win one against uh, Philadelphia, scoring 17 runs uh, in that Little League park. What's bigger, Williamsburg or Williamsport um, or, or Citizens Bank? I want to say that I think Williamsport might be bigger. I was going to say, I think right field and Williamsport might be a little bigger, but I think Citizens Bank has it just a little bit in center and left. I mean, not for nothing, but a little, um, uh, that, that wall and center that kind of pops out. Yeah. I think helps. I think it helps. Not for nothing, but I think, I think Yankee stadium might be smaller than, than, than Citizens Bank park, but I hear them there. Um, yeah. I mean, so I'm going to pitch there. (laughs) The national, the nationals, uh, had a players only meeting uh, after getting swept by the Red Sox at home, losing two out of three to the Phillies, getting swept by the Rays, uh, losing again two out of three to, to the Phillies. Um, and four, three of four, Greg. 
you know, <laughs> sorry, they uh, think about that. You lost five of of seven games in the span of ten games, and and Jordy, not for nothing, as we speak to the Phillies, as we speak, the Nationals were down nine nothing to the Marlins tonight. Yeah, we got to give them a lot of a lot of props. And they ended up they ended up winning game. they ended up winning fourteen to twelve. But again, Miami our, Marlins. Our words over our words over Dolphins tonight. 12, 14, 12. A couple of <laughs> hey, extra listen, points. You've been giving a lot of free ads to to a certain uh, podcast. Let's stop that. They didn't trademark it. They're not paid <laughs> to say the R words. Listen, if any, if also, it, if they want to come on, please, please defend the crap. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, um, you know, Sir Anthony, huge, huge, huge call up. Um, Mark Leiter Jr. I see he's starting to get a little more uh your boy. A little more a little more things going on. Austin Davis. Uh Austin Davis has been fantastic since they called him up. Yeah, that's what I'm for saying. two weeks about and pretty much aside from the national television game against the Nationals, uh he's been lights out, seven innings and six appearances, a lot of clutch strikeouts, including to Bryce Harper a couple different times. Um yeah, he's uh, been great. Hey, yeah, no, uh, and and the guy though, Greg Dubert Ramos, Nola. who's this guy? Edward Ramos. Yeah. Oh, he's good. He's yeah. a good guy. The he's, guy though, Greg. I need to mention. I know so, you want to talk about our bullpen guys, but I mean, a, I bull, need to a bullpen him. card. But we need to talk about Eflin Mania, <laughs> a guy that the Phillies, a guy that the Orioles wanted to try to be like, yo, give us this guy that was hurt a little bit and. You guys have always been kind of iffy on him. The Phillies are like, no, fuck you. Fuck you. Guys thrown 11 games this year. Started 11 games. 7-2. and two. He was 5-0 and oh in June. ERA below 3 now at 297. Guy strikes out people left and right. 63 strikeouts and nearly 60 and 63 and two-thirds innings pitched. Eflin Mania alive and real. And Greg... The thing that I love the most about this guy is that the Phillies will lose a series. They're about to get swept, and you know who steps up? But probably some big fucking balls. Zach fucking Eflin. Sorry for the curse words. I know some people like to, you know, it's family podcast at times. Yeah, not for, guy, not for nothing, Jordy, but that you've made a lot of... Big dick jokes, ball jokes. Is everything all right? Yeah, Big Dick Nick is now a New York <laughs> Times bestseller. So it's Listen, on the mind. I mean, it's huge because, you know, going into the year, Jordy, this guy wasn't on any of our radars. Um, no. You know, when we, ta- we were talking about the... I've always loved Eflin Mania. Yeah, when we were talking about the preview of the team, I mean, I don't think, you know... I, I That's fair, all, though, I because worse, Jared Eikhoff was going to come back. He was yeah. supposed to be the fifth starter. And Eflin Lively. was going to be... Um, yeah, Ben Lively... Blake Levy's brother was, you know, was the fifth starter at the time, and and you, I mean, to be fair, this I have is, a, these are all true. I, I have a terrible memory, and and I don't remember you ever mentioning him, but you know, this, he was hurt. To be, he was gonna be. He might. He, the guy had like a five ERA coming into this year, but whenever he's on, before this year, and this year he's been on, but when he was on in the last couple of years, Eflin Mania was real. It's like Hulk Mania, but not as often. Now, yeah, I mean, Hulk Mania great. and Eflin Mania are combining. 
Yeah, I mean, Jordy, his career numbers is like you said, ERA four point eight nine, eleven and exactly. twelve. Uh, it was you like know. you saw him starting against some rando, and you'd be like, "Shit, we're gonna lose this game." Like we're what, gonna lose uh, like nine nine nothing. What was his injury last year? Uh, I'd need to double check that. I think it was a throw a throwing shoulder injury, uh, hence why he he missed the start of the season. Mm. Um, so it sounds like he's like a Henry Rongarder. Who are we? Uh, Little hot take there. That's how he got, he got good. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Remember that noise from the movie that used to come in? Uh, absurd. No, I mean, yeah. maybe the little movie team. reference, though. Yeah, we have not done a rookie of the week in a while, so we had to mention Henry Rowan Gardner. Thank you. Maybe did a little, uh, maybe did a little, uh, little Tom Brady method like Julian Edelman for recovery. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, Sir Anthony, Sir Anthony has some competition for, for rookie of the year for the Phillies. Not that. Not that well, uh, Eflin, I, I don't well, think Eflin counts as a rookie. No, he doesn't. But he, uh, yeah. in terms of actually good this year versus last comeback year, comeback player, yeah, surprise player. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to always say those. I'm just always going to say Sir Anthony because he's unreal. Um, well, he is. He's so dominant, and he's got he such, had, a, he's such, a, such an unreal name. And I don't know how you have a guy like Sir Anthony and you don't make him your closer. We talked about this last week, and it just baffles me. I mean, week in and week I'm out. Gabe the Babe, who hasn't been mentioned yet once in this pod, Gabe the Babe refuses to put this guy. I mean, he's got eight saves, but come on. No, it's uh, it's weird because they ha- they want to be this closer by committee, especially since they sent Hector Neres down to AAA, then back up to the big leagues. Uh, they and shout out to Hector Neres. He had a couple one two three innings after he came back up from AAA, so something clicked down there. Uh, but. Your guy, the guy that pisses you off more than anything, Pat Nishak, is back <laughs> with the Phillies uh, because of his side sidearm throwing. Uh, so he's he's back. Zach Curtis is hanging around. I mean, their bullpens, along with Sir Anthony, who really is the go-to guy. If they can get him, they can have Ramos, who's another go-to guy, who also didn't really let up a, an earned run until a couple weeks ago. Uh, now he's let up more home runs than Sir Anthony. Um but they have a couple go-to guys if they could get one more and it kind of gets us into an interesting period to talk about the potential trade talks. Cause Manny Machado is apparently being accelerated and I think the Phillies could get could and Red Sox too. They could go after, you know, a couple different bullpen guys that could seriously help them out and be another go-to guy, whether it's, you want to be seven, eight, nine, or you want to be this bullpen by committee that Gabe Kapler and Matt Clintac, the Phillies GM, clearly want to do. I think if you, I think that might be more pressing. Not that going after a guy like Machado isn't the worst. He's in the worst thing in the world to do. The guy could clearly help out your franchise one way or the other. But getting help on the back end helps you get wins. And it's funny because the Phillies are 10 games above 500 the first time since 2011 when they won a bajillion games seemingly. But they're up there and the Red Sox are 30 games above 500. And we're both talking about needing to get bullpen guys. And it's something that I don't know about at least for the Red Sox, but the Phillies bullpen's blown a number of games. Current streak aside, we know it's going to end. But we, we both know as fans of teams lacking that back end or at least it could be boosted a little bit knowing that that needs to happen is is definitely something that you know it's 
wanting the uh, I don't want to say the rich to get richer, even though you're 30 games above 500. Uh, the <laughs> are you giving are you are you giving away are you giving the Red Sox Sir Anthony? No, fuck no. Um, wh- who are you giving me for Sir Anthony Dominguez? Unless it unless his name, you need to give me like Mookie for for. Sir I mean, Dominguez. you're talking about the MVP. Are you serious? You're really you're really asking for the MVP for a closer who's pitched what fucking 24 games? Yeah, a guy that you say is the closer of the week every single week. If you didn't want to not pick a Philly every single week, I mean that's just because of that's his how name. much. I- yeah, that's how much I don't want to trade this guy, though. But I'm saying, you, let's be realistic. Anyway, the stupid, dumb guy. Anyway, that, that, that we're not devolving into another thing, so let's quickly wrap up the Phillies. They yeah, the, the, are... the Phillies have been done too long. I mean, Citizens Bank Park is barely bigger than Yankee Clubhouse, and Yankees Clubhouse is barely bigger than... Actually, no, Williams, Williamsport might be bigger. So, you know, let's get into it here. The Phillies, Aaron Nola... As, <laughs> Aaron Nola, unbelievable. Hector Neres sent down. He's back up, looking good. Finally learned a lesson. Adubo Herrera, easily, easily most consistent hitter for the team. Reese hit in the face. Now he's back. Started from the bottom. Now he's doing I'd great. I'd like to interrupt you on Adubo Herrera and your words, the most consistent player of the team. And I hate the fact that I'm taking a negative position against El Torito. Odubel Herrera is the first major league player, Greg, to go to have two different spans of 0 for 23 in a single month since like 2012. So consistency, well, when he's hot, he is on. Consistency is, the, and it's this is an overarching theme for the Philadelphia Phillies in general. Consistency is something that needs to be finely tuned. And I think that's a good wrapping point for the Phillies. They just need to be more consistent. <laughs> Would you not agree? I mean, as a Phillies fan, I see this and they're about to play eight games in seven days. They need to kind of, they just need to be more consistent. They're going to play some teams that aren't good. So that's at least, it's nice that you can fine tune yourself that way, but it's definitely something that they need to figure out. There are 10 games above 500. That's all great and dandy, but you pointed out the Dodgers are, are nipping at their, their their heels and the Dodgers could really turn it on at any point. So it's something where they definitely need to, to just get it going a little more, maybe get a bullpen guy. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking halfway through the season, Jordy, if at the beginning of the year we were talking about our preview, if you told me the Phillies would be in the playoff hunt, I mean, you you and I were saying they might manage to potentially sneak in. Not even sneak in, we said could be in the hunt. We never said sneak in. And the fact they're in a playoff position uh, halfway through the year, I think they're playing above or better than what people thought for their first year. And I think, you know, you got to give credit to, to Gabe the Babe. No, for sure. I absolutely agree. Well, let's wrap it. Let's uh, put a bow on the Phillies. Let's move over to the fan favorite sections, Greg. Let's start with some stadium snacks. Yeah, Jordy. So uh, via the social media apps, uh, Thunder BLG and Thunder Blog Sports, on Twitter, instas. instas and Twitter, uh, I saw that the bullpen cart, namely you in this scenario, made its way, your way, down to uh, National Park, uh, or the place where the Nationals play, 
Uh, you mentioned earlier in the pod, and for those who, who didn't listen, I uh, myself went down earlier in the season and gave a little, little mini stadium snack, and you said you are going to try something different than what I had. So give us what you tried and give us a report. Give us a grade, uh, A through F. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so to, to kind of before I get the grade, I had a Nats dog, which is really a Nathan's hot dog, which shout out to Joey Chestnut, who – you know, continue to dominate the 4th of July, Coney Island. But those are the hot dogs they eat. <laughs> Nationals are serving fucking Coney Island dogs. No, not a Coney Island dog. That's, I think, what is that? Chili cheese dog. And a little mixed up is the actual Coney dog. Um, but still, the ones they serve in the fucking hot dogging contest is what they serve at Nationals Park. But I also got Greg because I thought it was interesting. A lot of places serve Italian sausage. Nationals not only serve that, but they also serve bratwurst. So I got mm. myself a brat. The brat was great. Would have loved it to have a little more of a beer taste. The beer broiled brat and then throw it on the grill. Pro tip, changes your life. <laughs> I got one. It was very good. Uh, those are the only two things I had. Um, from walking in through the center field gate up into the right field area, saw a couple other things that piqued my interest a little bit. A little barbecue. They have a Shake Shack back there. Um, but, yeah, if I had to give a grade... Did, did you see the little cornhole area? I saw it. It was a little the social media deck thing that's in center field. Um, I saw it, and I, it was too crowded for me to go check it out. Which, we got in. Which president won the race? George Washington. It was the 4th of July week. It's George Washington. So <laughs> let's be real here. If you're not, if you want Lincoln or you want Teddy to win, you want Teddy to win, first of all. Guy never wins. You're, you need to answer some serious questions but no I, overall my experience was pretty fun if I had to give the food a rating uh, just for being a little the dog was great but the brat was a little overcooked um, and was just dry a little bit so I'd give it a, a B if I had to go F through A um, good enough it, it definitely left me you know not hungry leaving the ballpark but so not even a B minus just a B yeah, B. Solid B. Nice. A little B. A little B. Uh, Jordy, quick random fun fact question. Stump the, stump the host. Who are the four people on Mount Rushmore? Uh, Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, and... Roosevelt. Oh, yeah, he's glasses. It's easy to remember him. Uh, Lincoln? Which Roosevelt? Teddy. Nice, nice, Jordy. Most people, right? would, most people get all that four? wrong. Most people get it wrong. Did I get them right. All four. Yeah. Hey, listen, you pass. Hey. You you pass the citizens test any day. I am a real man. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. <laughs> let's go over. <laughs> oh, we just got let's, let's go over to Bleacher Creatures. Greg, do you have one for me? Ah. <laughs> uh. Um, no, I mean, honestly, um, you know, I, I spent most of the day watching, uh, the world cup and, and, uh, you know, watch the Red Sox. They had that 11 o'clock game, uh, and, and a lot of Red Sox fans, a lot of people in the crowd, but, uh, the one thing I do, uh, the one bleacher creature that I did have that's not really a bleacher creature, but it is, it is more, uh, you know, Don Orsillo, who used to be the Red Sox play-by-play on Nesson, the local Red Sox station here, um, 
now is with the San Diego Padres. He does uh, at whatever they have, Fox or sports, whatever for them. Um, and he and the rest of his team there with the San Diego Padres to avoid getting the golfer's tan or the farmer's tan or whatever you want to call it, pulled their sleeves up on their polos. So it was at their shoulders. So they had their entire upper arm showing so they could even out their tans. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And now if you can imagine three middle-aged guys, uh, <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> two of them broadcasters full-time, if you will. And one of them, a former player, if you can imagine three of them, uh, you know, the differences of their arms, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was a sight to see. That sounds like a great sight to see. Uh, <laughs> a little, a little blinding. To, yeah. yeah, a little blinding. But all right, Troy, give me give me a good one. Save the pod. Yeah. So the one I have is it's a bleacher creature, kind of crazy manager slash baseball player. Um, if you see the Tuesday night Rays Marlins game, you probably didn't. Both teams are bottom of the barrel, but it went to extra innings. And you saw a couple different things happen here. You saw a relief pitcher bat not only once but twice and get two singles in the 13th inning. So he could have been replaced and either had another guy that was available in the bullpen or even a position player because some teams do this. Um, But he gets two singles. He scored once. The first time he got the hit, he tried to extend it into a double and got thrown out. Second time he came around to score. This was for the Rays. And then they bring in, they actually bring in a position player who holds on to the lead for the team. And it was just nuts. The whole game itself, the fact that you have, or this, I, I, this, 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 this is the same guy that came in twice. So the, there's a relief pitcher who comes in twice. And this is the Rays guy. The Rays, or maybe it's the Marlins, brings in a guy. They're up four runs. They scored six runs in an extra inning game. Oh, wow. And then they bring in a position player. who, Yeah, this is what happened. They they bring in a position player. He lets up a run. Then they bring in their actual closer who was available. They just didn't want to have to use him. Or not closer, but a guy that was available. Hmm. And it it gets all crazy from there. It was just nuts. It's just one of those, like, extra inning games we all hear about, like, position players coming out to throw, but the fact that you saw so many different unlikely things, a, a reliever an American league reliever for the Rays, that is rare in and of itself. But the fact that he got two singles in two straight innings is nuts. Cause they scored six runs in the 14th inning to end up winning is crazy. Then they bring, it was the Rays. They bring in a reliever, or a position player to relieve him. I don't know to, I guess, try to get, you know, relieve the, the relievers. And then he lets up a couple runs and then they have to bring in an actual, another actual reliever. It's all crazy stuff. Yeah, um, dude, I'm still lost. <laughs> it's all, it's there's a good sports illustrator article about it. And that's how I found this. Uh, but the other ones that, that were kind of good, uh, just a lot of the different American fans out there. Uh, and I mean, American is in USA on the 4th of July. Uh, we saw a number of different, you know, people in patriotic outfits and all this good stuff. Um, and, and, you know, you, you get all the good stories there and, and all the good 
you know, Fourth of July stuff. Obviously, we mentioned the the Nationals. I mentioned it last week, but it's a that 11 a.m. game is just fun to watch, especially if you're there. If you ever get a chance to do it, it's a lot of fun, no matter who the team they're playing is. Uh, you get you get to see the President's race. You get a baseball game where it's two o'clock and it's over, and then you have the whole day ahead of you before the fireworks over the uh, the National Lawn, so or National Mall rather. So that's definitely something I I want to re-recommend to go do, and I'm sure I'll say it again next year, but it's it's definitely one of my more uh, favorite activities, baseball-related and just 4th of July and holiday-related. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's a ton of fun there. Yeah, no, I mean, I... I... I mean, the Red Sox have the marathon, uh, marathon Monday game, which starts eleven. Uh, you know, that's and that's a fun one too to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, that one's earlier on in the year, and and you know, you get you get, you know, all that crazy stuff happens. But um, you know, Jordy, I think it's a uh, day, especially that early in the in the day, is always fun. And you know, the Red Sox, I was able to watch at work. Uh, don't tell my boss. Hopefully, they don't listen. But uh, <laughs> I'm the fourth. Did it work the fourth of July? Um, for the beginning, like in the morning. All right, little half day action. Yeah, always be closing. <laughs> ABC, Jordy, ABC. 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 Uh, I love it. I love the. I love that. Uh, I love that you know that. Um, yeah, Jordy. So what's next? Yeah, so we'll we'll start to wrap it up a little bit. Uh, look at this weekend. Some good series. Um. If you want, I'll start. I'll only pick one, so then you always get pissed off that I say a couple that you should watch out for. But the one I think you should keep an eye out on, mainly because it has some interesting implications to just everything going on, is the L.A. local series between the Dodgers and the Angels. The Angels, while as cold as they are, are still hanging around. And I think if they can kind of figure it out against the Dodgers, it starts to tomorrow night the angels are currently up in seattle um but if they can kind of figure it out against a good team like the dodgers they could prove themselves to be a team to not mess around with as the trade deadline comes around and as the you know everything else boils down and you know they they might be a team that if seattle can't hang around if oakland you know falls out which i think they will the oakland days uh they could they might not be able to push houston for how bad or for how far back they are but could certainly creep up on the second wild card spot yeah i'm surprised you didn't go with the battle of uh pennsylvania pits the pirates versus the 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 them them phillies uh hopefully we get a anyway uh i'm going with milwaukee brewers uh Atlanta braves visiting the milwaukee brewers um that's a good one that's Really huge, huge, huge series. Also, potential playoff imp- implications. Um, two teams that uh, certainly, certainly seeing the ball well, hitting the ball well, and pro- set to be an explosive uh, offensive output weekend. Uh, no, I like it when those two teams meet up. Jordy, uh, what about during the week? Anything we should look out for? Yeah, looking at it now, a uh, couple good ones. The one I'd probably keep a good eye out on is the i don't want to pick la again so uh, i'm gonna pick arizona and colorado uh the rockies actually kind of hanging on in that division but arizona could 
show off their offense in a very hitter friendly park like Coors Field. So we'll see that see how they go there. Uh, I think that could be be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, I, I I do like that. I mean, I was thinking, um, you know, uh, sorry, I was thinking, Jesus. <laughs> I was thinking Oakland versus Houston, little in division yeah, matchup. Like um, but I think I'm gonna go. I'm up for the A's. Yeah, but I think I'm gonna go the San Francisco Giants and Chicago Cubs. San Francisco, yeah, like te- yeah, San Francisco is a team that we don't really really talk about a ton um, when we probably should because you know they're you know they're they're kind of in it you know uh, especially with the NL West being so so good they're only three games back so. Um, you know, playing just above 500 ball, but if they start to put things together and start to get some pitching, uh, you know, this could be a huge, huge matchup for them this weekend. No, for sure. Or next week. Sorry. Next week. No, 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 I agree with you. Yeah, during the week, um, the Yankees and the Indians, one that'll pop up towards the end of next week. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll have the pot out by then, but that's definitely one to keep an eye out for if we uh, don't have it up by then. But Greg, I think that's going to do it for us. Anything else you got? Uh yeah, go socks. Yeah, go Phillies. Uh, quick yeah, hockey note. Since we're both, we both keep an eye out on, and I know a lot of our listeners do as well. Just saw Eric Carlson expected to be traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Jeez, Louise. I know. NHL taking a couple pages out of the NBA and building some super teams. So I don't know if you saw this, Jordy, but the top three teams. Odds to, that are gonna that to win the the Stanley Cup. Not that it, not that the, not that the odds are ever right, but the top three teams, all in the same division. That'd be the well, Boston the Bruins, Bruins the, the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Lightning and, and the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they got Tavares. For those that didn't know, I'm sure you did by now. He lived out the childhood dream. Yeah, and the only the only team that didn't uh, hasn't made a, a move this offseason is the Bruins, and yet here they are getting beat by teams around them just because they don't do anything on, in the offseason. But so frustrating. A lot, of so, assets. a lot of assets you got. Yeah, we got a lot of young guys, and yet ugh, stockpiling young guys. Ugh, no, oh my not God. a big deal. Jordy, 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 Jordy. I'm sure we'll talk about that as we get closer to hockey I don't want to. I don't want to talk about uh, – I don't want to talk about the NBA because it's just a rat hole, wormhole that we could get lost in forever. Uh, yeah. Elite Eight World Cup starts tomorrow. Elite Eight, Final Eight, uh, tomorrow's matchups. Who are you going with? Yeah, I per- just overarching, I'd like to see the winner of the Sweden-England game make the final and, and hopefully win. Uh, if, if I'm going to go pick by pick tomorrow, I... I've liked what I've seen from France. Again, I know nothing about soccer, so uh, you know, I, I you know, take this for what you will. But I, I'd like to see them win, and uh, I'd like to see Belgium win mainly just for uh, how I've seen Brazil play and all the different flopping and all that stuff. But we'll see. I mean, all four teams in tomorrow's games are are all pretty good. Fridays, so you're probably either watching these live or they've already happened. So I sound like a complete idiot. More so than I already am, but yeah, no. And if we're being honest, I mean, Brazil, every single team flops. I mean, soccer, that's just what you do. You know, it's like basketball. That's how you get calls. That's how you play the game. So, 
I don't think that that's such a deterrent. I think ESPN makes a huge deal out of it because that's what they love to do, take things and run with it. I just um, use memes to determine how much I dislike flopping. I hear you. I think the story is Russia. I mean, the fact they made it to the, the quarterfinal and, and, and upset. How electric was that game? Yeah. They they upset, uh, was that Spain, Spania. right? Spania. Yeah, Spain and, and unreal. Un- oh, yeah. Unreal. So Absolutely. Russia versus Croatia, a couple uh, – <laughs> Couple, couple, couple enemies, if you will. Yeah. Uh, that'll Good be Mario. yeah, that'll be Saturday. So uh, that'll be interesting for sure, to say the least. But um, you know, not that I was right about any of my picks, but I think I'm going to go France as well. I think I'm going Brazil instead of Belgium. I think I'm going Croatia, and I'm going to surprise everyone and go Sweden. England did not look great in the last matchup. I'm going to go Sweden. Right. Um, so Sweden, Croatia, Brazil, and France would be my final four, but. As we I'm said, Belgium, France, and England, Croatia. Nice. All right. I love it. As we said, probably none of us will be right, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a complete dummy when it comes to soccer, so don't listen to me. Uh, if you're listening to this before 10 a.m. when the Uruguay France game starts, don't bet on my recommendations because mine are terrible. Yeah, go sucks. Yeah, go Phils. I uh, I think that's gonna do it for us. Thank you as always go for coming on. Sucks. All right. All right. Sucks. Hey, Jordy. It's a pleasure being on. Hey, it's a pleasure on being on. You got you got unbelievable voice for this. You're great at this. So yeah, I can't really see you. Can't really imagine. Can't really imagine doing anything else. (laughs) Thanks, man. But uh, that'll do it. Go follow us, Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderbug Sports on Instagram and Facebook. For my man, Greg Piatelli, I am the G Man. Have a great night, everybody. Have a great weekend. Try to stay cool. Go Phils. Go Sox.